Welcome to Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Carrie Drugan, and I will be showing you how average, everyday middle-class people are choosing to make positive changes in their life to accomplish what makes them happy. I hope these podcasts will allow you to feel a connection with people who are just like you and make you realize you can have the life you want. Welcome, everyone. Today, my guest is Garrett Pettigrew. He's a network engineer. And I welcome him because, Jared, I've known you now for, I guess, almost like nine years, right? Yeah, it's been a while, almost a decade. My goodness. <laughs> Which is crazy. So Jared is uh, one of my husband's best friends and in turn has become a good friend of mine as well. Um, so, of course, I had to have you on the podcast. And I actually, Jared, wrote down like a million things about why I think you're great. And then I was like, okay, I have to pick just one that I think is better than the other. So we'll kind of go through all of them. But um, I want you to kind of give people that are listening that don't know who you are, what was young Jarrett like from like ages maybe six to 12? Like what, what were you, were you playing sports? Were you reading? Were you funny? Were you shy? What were you like as a kid around that age? Well, I've always been hyper nerdy and hyper. So young Jarrett <laughs> was bouncing off of walls, taking things apart, and then crying to mommy and daddy that things were broken. Mommy and daddy <laughs> said, Jarrett, fix it. Are you serious? Oh, absolutely. So that's <laughs> kind of where I got my tinkering spirit from. So what type of things were you taking apart at that time? Because computers were still kind of new at that point. Uh, yeah, so I took apart our VCR. It kind of didn't work. I had a Nintendo that I took a screwdriver to. Maybe a tape recorder. Just anything that you plugged into the wall, I was probably trying to take it apart. For what reason? Um, I don't know. I was probably trying to make it better or I know the VCR was broken once. So at least I, I had a reason there, but all the other times things were working perfectly. I would just take them apart to see how they worked. Now, is that something that you just figured out on your own or you, you had like directions to it or you just kind of kept figuring it out until you were able to fix it? It was one of those things where I would just, I saw a screw hole. There was a screwdriver that fit and I just unscrewed that. Then I just kept on going. I never really had an instruction booklet or anything in front of me because I didn't have the internet yet. <laughs> hmm. Now, so at that young of an age, and again, computers are still kind of fairly new at that point. Did you, like when you were 10 or 12, when you were that age, did you think someday I'm going to be whatever? Did you ever think that you would be working in computers as you are now? Or as a kid, did you have a different thing that you wanted to do when you grew up? Um, as a kid, I really, really wanted to be an astronaut, and right now I still wish I could go down that path um, because I really love space mm -hmm. and I love technology, so technology was really just my number two. That's so funny. I just learned that, Jared, and now I know why you and Joe are such good friends. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about space, and did you go to space camp? Because I know a student of mine is going to space camp right now, and my husband was very jealous. Um, did you ever do any of that or what kind of led your interest into space in general? So I'm not sure. I, I would always watch the NASA channel, which my mom called incredibly boring because I think it was just a camera on the side of a space station <laughs> and it just fascinated me. I, I don't know if it was the rockets or just something about the ability to leave the earth and there's just such vastness to be explored, just really, really captured my imagination. Hmm. 
So now when you, when did you first start kind of getting into computers? Because it's interesting that you're doing something that you did as a kid. And that's one of the reasons I always ask this question to a lot of my guests, because they say that what you did as a young kid is what you should be doing, because that's generally what you're very good at. And that's generally what you like. So where did you kind of get into computers? Was it through high school or college that you kind of had that first interaction and realized, hmm, this is something that I might want to get into? So actually, I was very fortunate, and my parents saved up a ton of money and got us a computer back in, I want to say, 1996, 1997. It was a, if we looked at it today, it would be an old dinosaur. And my parents also enrolled me in a computer class called Future Kids, so here I am, super young Jarrett, let's say six or seven years old. I'm going to computer classes. I'm learning how to type. I had a pen pal, email pen pal, on the <laughs> other side of the world. So I was very highly exposed to information technology at a young age. And luckily, I just was able to keep high contact over the years. Hmm. So that did your parents get the computer for you specifically, or was it a family computer? It was a family computer that I quickly took over, and I just played a bunch of games on it until right. I'd break it. <laughs> and then you would fix it. And then I'd have to fix it. Exactly. So then, so you did this through, you went into this camp, you went through high school, and then in college, did you know right away that you were like, yes, I want to study IT, that's definitely what I want to do, or were you contemplating some other things before that? In college, I, so in high school, actually, I got my first exposure to routing and switching kind of what a network engineer does mm -hmm. and i was very fortunate because cisco it, is a massive vendor of routers and switches had a program through my high school so i was able to get some early exposure to this career path and then in college i said yep going right down this career path networking routing and switching <laughs> hmm. So it's interesting because a lot of people, you know, when they're like 17 or 18 and first of all, deciding to go to college is generally the path that a lot of people take, but a lot of them go in undecided or not sure. And you were so sure that you wanted to do that. Do you think that's because partly maybe like your parents, um, you know, really saw that you were really into this and you were excited as a kid and so enhanced your experience in that? Or what kind of made you kind of continue that path? And what would you suggest to somebody who is 17 or 18 and kind of like, uh, I don't know what to go to school for, or even somebody that's older and not really sure what they want to do? So I, I definitely think that my parents' encouragement from the early age is what made me so certain that this was the path I'd continue down. And uh, for anybody who's kind of lost right now or just isn't sure what they should be doing, they should really if they have the opportunity, chat with their parents or siblings or aunts, uncles, cousins, anybody who was around when they were a kid and, you know, ask, what were you doing when your face really lit up? What, you know, what could we not get your hands out of? And whatever they love to tinker at or love to just do, even if it's reading books, then be a librarian, be a researcher, just anything that you love to do as a kid I, I truly agree that that is something that you'll really love as an adult. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to switch gears slightly because the other part that is interesting is that you've also done improv acting and comedy classes. And I want to know how that fits into all of this because I have known you since you're a couple years younger than me. So I knew you, I guess you were a sophomore or junior in college at the time. 
and yes. always telling stories. I mean, to an extent that I was like, why are you not studying acting? Because <laughs> you were always, you were like, okay, before you told us what happened during your day or whatever, you would set the scene, you would turn the lights, you'd put someone in a chair, somebody with somebody, and you created this kind of setup to tell your story, which I always thought was just so funny and so you. And then later on, you ended up taking improv classes. So where did that come into play? Was that something you were always interested in? Why did you do it? What was it like? Kind of take us through that. So this actually goes back to personal development, which is another thing I'm huge into. So one thing I've noticed about myself or that I had noticed about myself was that I always would freeze in brand new social situations. If I entered a room and I didn't know anybody, I'd really be a wallflower. I'd look around. I'd be kind of scared to talk to people. And I thought, you know, that's not right. So I spoke to a bunch of my friends and a recurring theme was, hey, try improv class. You know, you're thrown out on stage. You have to keep on going. And the real thing you have to do is just say yes and. So you're always adding. You're never disagreeing. You're always adding to the creation that's on stage. And that's really how a conversation goes. I'm not going to like take over the conversation I'm having with you and change it some other direction. I say, oh, yes, Carrie, you said that, and here's my addition. Hmm. Now, when you went to that first improv class, did you feel at home? Did you feel like, ah, yes, this is where I should be, this makes sense, or were you kind of scared out of your mind? What was your feeling like that first class? I was terrified for the first three classes. I thought I was doing everything wrong, and then I think about a month and a half into it, I realized there is no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. And then I felt really at home, and I, I'm actually looking to get back into it this fall because I, I really miss it. So now, now this is just a, you know a little step, and this actually leads me, you know, why you started this. When I wrote my list of all the things that I think are awesome about you, kind of my number one thing was you're you are very aware of yourself in the sense what you're good at, where your weaknesses are, you listen to feedback, you really take in what somebody says, you really think about it, um, you internalize it, and you put it into action. And it's very, very impressive. And it was funny because when you and I uh, went to a conference recently, I've always seen you very kind of hyperactive, like you said, and you were so quiet that I thought something was wrong. And then I realized you were just internalizing everything that was just spoken in front of you. And I think it's such an amazing quality that you have. And it's interesting because that's kind of what led you to improv. Can you speak to that of, you know, where does that come from? Was it something you always had? And how does somebody else do that? Because I think being aware of yourself and where you're strong and where you're weak is extremely important in being successful. Well, thank you. So one of the big things that has always encouraged me to grow is my mom's support. So my mom would always say, whatever you do, I want you to be the best. And that means you have to be continuously improving and you have to put aside your pride because there's no way to get better if you're not willing to humble yourself and say, hey, I'm really bad at XYZ. I'm great at ABC, but not so good at XYZ. And I think the best way for anybody who's looking to improve themselves is to kind of find something, find something that, that they want to improve. So let's say you want to improve the way you start conversations and then ask some really close friends that you respect 
hey, this is a safe space. Um, I want some really candid, potentially brutal feedback on how I start my conversations. And then you take the feedback, you know, just write it down. Don't, don't take it personally because it's your friends are trying to help you. And then look at where you want to be and then take it tiny step by tiny step because there's no way any great change is going to happen overnight. But if it, it can easily happen over the course of five to 10 months. So, you know, let's say it's something like, I want to start flossing my teeth. My goal shouldn't be floss all of my teeth tonight. My goal should be floss one tooth tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm. And do you find that, I mean, is that something, like you said, it was instilled from your mom, and I know your mom, she's a wonderful person. She's always happy all the time. She's just awesome. <laughs> um, you know, was that something, you know, sometimes as a kid you hear a parent say something, you're like, yeah, 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 mom and dad, whatever. Was there ever a point where your mom said it to you and maybe you didn't believe it um, and it took you some time or you struggled to figure out how to get that first step? And if so, what was that like and how did you get through it? Well, it was actually something where I saw her continuously pushing to improve herself. Um, My parents divorced when I was young and during the early years when we were with my mom, looking back, I can tell, hey, there were a lot of things that she was really trying to figure out and she did it very gracefully and just very iteratively as well. Like one day we'd try this, day two we'd try that. And then over time she really grew into, okay, I can do the whole I'm both parents thing. And watching her work and then her asking me, hey, if we're going to pay for you to do these things, you you can't take this for granted. You have to really be good at it. So it, it was a lot of watching her and just kind of figuring out, okay, how can I get, how, how does Jarrett get the most value out of whatever experience I'm going into? And I'm still continuously figuring out better ways to get value out of um, whatever I'm doing. Hmm. Do you ever find that that can lead to a feeling of perfectionism or frustration because you're, you don't feel like you're reaching the level that you want to as quickly as possible? Absolutely. And there's a, there's actually a book I read recently um, by Olivia Fox called The Charisma Myth. And there's a line in there that I really, really loved. Basically, she said, when you start to get frustrated or you start to feel kind of off kilter, you take a step back, you breathe in deep, you close your eyes and you think to yourself, where I am right now, who I am right now, I'm perfect as I am. This is where I'm supposed to be in life. I'm not supposed to be anywhere further. I'm not supposed to be anywhere behind because there's something for me to learn right now. And that has really kind of centered me. It slowed me down and it made me realize, hey, the present is a great place. I, I shouldn't be pushing so hard to get forward. Why don't I just enjoy where I am right now? I can totally agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, we're very similar in that sense because I definitely feel there's so many things that I want to accomplish and achieve, you know, whether it's personally or professionally or with my family. And sometimes you get into that realm of like where you see other people or you hear other people and you feel like, oh, like why am I not at that level yet? 
which is hilarious because a lot of the times what you're seeing on social media or whatever is not the full truth, you know, so you're kind of comparing to something that maybe is not fully real. Um, and it does take time to find that balance between, okay, I'm here, let me enjoy because life is short and just enjoy and learn. But at the same time to, to not stay stagnant. I think it's definitely a challenging balance that I find uh, to be present, but to also be pushing yourself to improve. Yes, it's um, it, it's really, really hard to strike that balance. And actually, I want to say two or three weeks ago, I was way too far on the, yeah, go, go, go. So I set a calendar event that lasted seven days, and the calendar event was say no to everything. <laughs> and how did that go? That went pretty well. I was able to catch up and breathe a little bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, on the on the flip side, I also have a recurring calendar event every six months or so that says say yes to everything because you also have to open yourself up to serendipity. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to, again, we just kind of described what I thought you were the best at, but kind of your surrounding other characteristics from knowing you for so long is really, I mean, from knowing you, it always just seems like you have it together. I mean, between you dress very nicely. I am not very good at putting colors and stuff together, <laughs> but you are. You always look nice. You seem to be very organized uh, with your calendar, with what needs to get done, with what doesn't need to get done. You seem to be you know, financially well and understanding, okay, this is what I spend, this is what I don't spend. And yet at the same time, you're just constantly caring and giving and intelligent, how do you balance all of those things that maybe from someone from the outside is like, oh my God, this person has all these awesome qualities. I could never do that. Or how do I get there? Or that's not me. How do you, how are you doing it? How would you suggest somebody else can get to a level that works for them? Well, thank you very much for the compliment. And I'd say all of the skills that you've listed have been very intentionally developed. Mm -hmm. And this has been over the course of actually really over the course of the decade that we've known each other. I started really getting into the self-development back when I was about 19 or 18 or 19. And so yes, it's been over the course of 10 years and I would always just look for the low hanging fruit. For example, when we first met, I was really, really working on my social skills. So I would read, I read a bunch of books on social skills and tested some things, tested other things. Some things worked, some things didn't. And one of, for example, if you're trying to build social skills, one of the great things is if you live in a decently populated area, you can test interactions and in a very kind of low pressure situation, like let's say you go to Starbucks, you order a coffee, the person has to talk to you. So you can you can try different ways of approaching and then kind of read his or her face and say, oh, that bombed or, oh, that was great. Let me try that again. And I would always, I, I think the biggest thing is to focus on one thing at a time. So, for example, I'd focus on social a little bit and I got a little burnt out on focusing on social skills. So I decided, well, let me read a couple books on dressing better. And then I would focus on dressing better for a while. And then I'd say, okay, now that I'm dressing better, I want to go back to social. So I'd bounce back to social. And it's something where I try to focus on one thing at a time and bounce back and forth and kind of keep feedback loops. So I'd set, say, a milestone 
I want to buy three new outfits within the next six months and I want to go to XYZ event. Hmm. So what is your one thing you're focusing on right now? The one thing I'm focusing on right now is becoming a better computer scientist because network engineering, it's kind of an old craft and a lot of, a lot of the network engineering aspect of most jobs is being merged into software. And I'm sure you've seen a a bunch of commercials and initiatives online where people are saying, learn to code, learn to code, learn to code. Mm -hmm. Well, even our networks are starting to get placed inside of code. And if you look at giants like Google, they've actually, I think they've changed their entire backbone network over to software defined. So I'm really learning how to program, how to become a better computer scientist so that it can keep up with industry. Now, how long will you focus on that goal? So when you say, okay, this is a goal that I have, do you, are you doing like the smart goals where you're saying, okay, th- by this time I'm going to learn this, um, you know, here's my milestones, here's what I'm doing. Are, are you setting that or is it kind of like a grandiose goal and you're saying, okay, I'm going to spend six months and see as close as I can get to it? So luckily I have a nice bookend here. There is a Coursera course that is starting in September, and it's a course that's focused on software-defined networks. I tried to take the course last year, but I did not have enough computer science background. So over the last year, I've been just learning Python, learning C, learning a lot of these different languages, trying to wrap my head around these concepts, and then I'm going to jump back into that course in September. So luckily, I have these bookends, but Mm -hmm. for another initiative that I plan to jump into after the coding is I want to play with music a lot more. So I plan, I just want to have one song completed by probably mid next year because this course will take about six weeks. So then I'll jump into music whole hog for about six months and just try to finish just one song. You know, it's it's little small, seemingly small goals, but even the, the goal of, say, creating one song that has maybe hundreds of tiny goals in it. So now, and I agree with everything you're saying, and um, I think one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of people, uh, and I'll even put myself because uh, nobody's perfect, and there's definitely times I'm, I'm better at it than others, is this idea of focus. Everybody wants whatever it is, whether it's they want to make more money, they want to learn a skill. Um, you know, I teach dance. I can't even tell you how many people expect to be a phenomenal dancer in one lesson. And I try to tell them, you know, it, it takes time. You know, if somebody wants to lose weight, you don't lose it the one time you go to the gym. What are your suggestions for learning how to focus and to gain the patience and the persistence so that you can achieve the goal that you've set? Because I think that's what a lot of people have trouble with um, and all of us at, at certain points in the other. What would you suggest? I think a big thing is to, so first, we have to break our big goals, our big focus, kind of our big milestone into very tiny steps. But I think once we have these tiny steps, these smaller milestones, if you will, we need to celebrate every single milestone. And I know that sounds cheesy, but just celebrating, let's say I'm not going to eat ice cream until I get, say, a basic chord progression down, and it's something I like. And then once you do it, 
you have your ice cream, you sit down, you really enjoy this ice cream and you're encouraging yourself, you're rewarding yourself. And suddenly your brain is saying, Oh, well, next time I start, I'm just going to look forward to the next goal. And then I think another thing is to set kind of recurring times on the calendar. So let's say I want to become a better computer scientist. I am setting Sunday afternoons and evenings from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And that time is coding time. And I've let everyone around me know, hey, I'm focusing on this during this specific time. And then you kind of get your brain into a routine. So every Sunday you start getting that itch. Okay, I know what's happening at 5. Yeah, and I think um, the last thing you said is really important. And this is, you know, um, and and you're recently married. uh, But even people who have kids or multiple jobs, you have to set those boundaries. You know, again, I'll use the gym because it's an easy one, you know, to say every morning from 6 to 7, that's my workout time. Nobody can interrupt me unless it's an emergency. That's my time. Making it very clear, telling your spouse, telling your kids, telling your coworker, whatever it is, that that's on your calendar to make that just as important as everything else. Because a lot of times we put other people's priorities first and then we're unhappy because we haven't accomplished any of the stuff that we've wanted to. So I do think it's important, like you said, to carve out that time to let everyone around you know that that's what's happening. Absolutely. And also, while we're letting other people around us know, we could ask them to be accountability partners and say, hey, I'm really trying to do this. Would you help keep me honest here? I said I want to have one song done by June 2017. Would you mind asking me once a month, hey, how's that going? Don't be pushy about it. Just say, hey, how's that going? And help keep me accountable to myself. Mm, That's a good one, too. So now uh, you started at the age of 8 or 10 wanting to be an astronaut, and then you went to your second goal of being a network <laughs> engineer. What does What is your, at, now at your age, what is the next thing or this big thing in your mind that you would love to do someday, whether it's personally, professionally, family, whatever, what's kind of something that you are really striving for as a whole in the big picture? Um, well, I kind of alluded to it before. If I could do it again, I would study a lot more music mm-hmm. when I was younger because I'd really love to just make an album, make an EP. I, I'd like to maybe perform. I don't know. I just want to. I want. I want to create music, and that's really that bit me back in 2008, and it's been something that I haven't given enough time to mm-hmm. it. I've kind of dabbled with it on the side, but I'd really love to give that a lot more attention. And hopefully I have the opportunity to do that over the next few years. And uh, those that are listening to this podcast, pieces of the intro and outro music are from, I believe the 2008 song that you created. Oh yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Lazy Sunday. Yes. It's not the full thing. I think the full thing was like, it was long. It was a few minutes. This is only pieces of it, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. So maybe your, you know, your new one, when it becomes, you know, when you're finished in 2017, like you said, we will have to debut it on the podcast. Oh, that would be wonderful. So what type of music you like? Um, like when you say you'd like to perform it, are you talking about singing? Are you talking about playing an instrument? Are you talking about like more EDM stuff? Like what kind of style of music are you thinking of? Well, I mean all of it. So I I do love the EDM stuff. I love the dance music style. Um, I'd like to take 
voice lessons because I, I think I have the capability to sing. I have a strong voice. I just can't really keep a tune yet. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to try some vocals. I'd like to maybe play the keys or a keyboard or something, or that's probably the instrument that I'd, I'd lean towards for beginning. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's awesome because again, a lot of people would say, Oh, I always wish I had done as like, as if they can't do it now. So I think it's awesome that you're saying, Hey, I've always had an interest. I'd like to pursue it. I can't sing yet but that doesn't mean that I don't have the capability to. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the next Taylor Swift, but it means, okay, this is something I enjoy. I can improve, and who knows where this could go or this could could happen. And I think it's awesome that you have such an open mind um, because a lot of people, again, get very stuck and they get very closed in the box. But you're saying, well, you know, I just want to do it because I'm passionate about it, and let's see what happens and where it can take me. Yeah, I, I really think it comes down to – because if we look at our, our schedules, everyone has 24 hours a day, and we just have to be a lot more strict with what we do with those 24 hours. So when I get really focused on making music, I'm going to have to very intentionally craft out one or two hours a day because getting started on any new skill, you really have to stick to it for a lot of time in the beginning. And that's when I'll really start to decide, is this really something I want to do? Because you do have to invest time Mm -hmm. specifically, sometimes money, but usually just time to get better at anything and just really be honest with yourself. Yes, this is something I want to do. I'm going to pursue it or very intentionally say, no, this is not something I'm pursuing because of X, Y, Z. And you don't need to tell anybody else, but it's good for your own well-being and not to have that little nagging thing in the back of your head saying, oh, well, you know, I should be trying to do this. No, I've decided I'm not going to do that. So we don't need to drain ourselves. Yeah, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, obviously knowing you outside of this podcast, but I think people hearing too, a lot of what you like to do and, and what I think you feel you're good at, what you are good at, is a lot of stuff that's um, very much on your own and, um, you know, kind of more independent, kind of, you know, isolated in a room. And yet what's interesting is you are so eloquent in how you speak. You're so smart and you have a lot of coaching ability. Um, and I know you're managing some people now. Do you have an interest to be leading and managing more, um, to be speaking or to doing anything of that extent? Because you being so in tune with, again, what you're strong and what you're weak in and being open to feedback and being open to change and adjust to make yourself better. It's awesome because that's how a leader should be. So you have all these awesome leadership qualities that you're already leading a small team now and your ability to do that in the future, I think is going to be vast. So is that something that interests you along with some of the other stuff that's a little bit more independent and on your own? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Leadership is something that, is kind of really close to my heart because I, I've had such great coaches coming up in my career and I've had such great teachers and and with my team in the office, we actually, um, it's fun because I get, I've set up a little why for us. So our why is to empower customers and our other teammates to support our mission 
And I've realized, because that's what I do, I'm trying to empower my team to become better, to do what they need to do. So my team, and they've enthusiastically taken on, all right, we're, we're here to empower people. And it's really fun to see a message get taken by someone else, changed very slightly, you know, to meet their exact why, and then executed. And I love to teach, I love to see the look on people's face when they finally get that thing that they were grinding on for the last three or four weeks. And they're like, oh, I get it now. And it's like, yes, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that feeling too. And, and something that is exciting when you're teaching as well. Um, and like I said, I, 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 I definitely think you should do all these other independent things, but I think it would be a disservice for you to not be coaching and leading in some capacity as you continue on in the future, because you are just so good at it. Um, and again, even from people just hearing this podcast, you're clearly a learner, you're an achiever, you're a communicator, you're all of these things um, that most people need in their life. Well, your husband always tells me that I need to go become an adjunct professor somewhere and I need to teach. Mm -hmm. And he always tells me, you need to figure out more ways to lead, more ways to share, more ways, more ways to share knowledge and more ways to just bring community together and help enrich community. I would agree, Jared. And you know, my husband also says that we're very similar. So <laughs> as we have this conversation, I'm like, now I have all these other ideas in my head, but it's, uh, it's awesome. And, and it's, um, you know, it always goes back to that question that people say nature versus nurture. And, you know, are people, some people born this way? Cause again, a lot of the whole part of the goal of the podcast is to not only highlight just everyday people and how awesome they are at what they're good at, but to also encourage others that these are just people walking among you. You know, they're not Kim Kardashian and they're not, you know, somebody who is homeless and in dire need. These are everyday people walking among you that you could be sitting next to on the bus or sitting next to at lunch that are just great. And they've been through struggles and they've gone through things. And I think a lot of times people think like, oh, well, that person was just born that way. But I know, you know, you've had different struggles and I know your mom and I've met your sister and it's like you and your extended family and they're just good people. They're good people. They're smart. Um, you know, I can definitely see, you know, your mom telling you be the best version of yourself. So it's interesting because I think a lot of who you are was a combo of both of those things. Would you agree? Absolutely. I, I really think it's a lot of nurture, but people can use nature. Sorry, let's let's flip that. It's it's a lot of nature and a lot of nurture. And I think just bringing those two together and having a good enriching environment, I think it really, really helps. But if you choose to go down a path nature and nurture can only go so far and they, and they can't, they won't hold you back. Mm -hmm. It's really something where you can choose, all right, am I going to let these things from my past support me or am I going to make a clean break? And, and, you know, let's be clear. It's, it's hard to make a clean break from your past, but it is certainly doable. It's just an investment of time. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> because it, it, I totally agree with you. Because I do think there's nature versus nurture, but it is always your choice. There are things that are going to happen to us, but it's always your choice of how you're going to react to that and what you're going to do with that information. And you're a very clear example of really internalizing and reacting in the best appropriate way for you, which is awesome. 
So my final question, um, which I ask all my guests, is what is your uh, one word or one quote or one saying, kind of your mantra that you try to live by every day? So there's a poem that I came across, a man, probably 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and it's really stuck with me. It was from a, a 14th century poet named uh, Hafez, and it goes like this. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows, while the sage who has to duck his head while the moon is low keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. And I thought to myself, I want to be that sage. I want to be the guy dropping the keys for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. I like that. So cool. I always think it's neat when I ask that question that there's so many people that have a specific poem or quote. And that is just really cool. I, I personally don't have a specific poem or quote. I mean, I have my own saying, but it's mm-hmm. pretty neat that something you've read has touched you so much. You're like, wow, this is something that really means something to me. Yeah, I, I just, it's just something where I, it really resonated with me and it, and it really kind of backs up the whole, hey, you know, let's empower people. Let's, let's help make everybody great because everyone is great on the inside. They just need to let it show. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Jarrett. We loved having you. Well, thank you so much for having me. And this is an awesome show. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more, you can visit Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things over on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you'd like to learn more about this podcast, please visit emotiondancefit.com slash Jarrett. If you've really liked the podcast, I would greatly appreciate your review over on iTunes. Remember, each of you is capable of achieving anything you want in life, and you, yes, you, have something truly special about you that deserves recognition. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, send an email to Kerry, K-E-R-I, at EmotionDanceFit.com. Be confident, be kind, be happy.